Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Tuesdays, wherever you may be across this great country or around the world. Uh, a lot of NFL reactions, as we do every single Tuesday. I'm going to react to all of the different stories that are out there from NFL uh, action in week four. But also, I'm going to tee off on the Trevor Bauer story. Um, and I think you guys are going to want to make sure that you listen to that. So all of that, I'm going to start with what is relatively not very serious stories uh, surrounding what happened in NFL week four. Uh, and then I'm going to pivot into Trevor Bauer. That is going to be the totality of the show today. So let me start with the NFL, uh, starting with the games that took place on Sunday. We already talked about uh, the big win that the Lions got over the Packers. Dominant. Congratulations to the Lions fans as they sit at 3-1. and one. That was the Thursday night football game. Uh, we had the early game on Sunday, the Falcons playing the Jags in London, and Got to be honest with you, Desmond Ritter doesn't look like the guy for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, and I don't know what Arthur Smith is going to decide to do, the Atlanta Falcons head coach. But to me, the biggest takeaway from this year is Desmond Ritter is not the guy. Now, I know it's early, and I know he finished last year, and they replaced Marcus Mariota, and he's a third-round pick, and they had a lot of faith in him. But they've got some good talent. Uh, they got Pitts uh, at tight end, who I think can still be a freak if he can stay healthy. Uh, B. John Robinson has played out of his mind. Drake London, I think, right, is the wide receiver. They got some good offensive weapons. Quarterback to play is a mess. In fact, if you went and watched any of this game, I'm going in the box score because I want to make sure I get it right. Uh, Desmond Ritter uh, threw two interceptions and could not really push the ball down the field. And again, there are a lot of playmakers. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, uh, Johnu Smith now. I forgot that he was there. B. John Robinson. Uh, on the offense that should be able to make plays that so far haven't. Jags, look, you bounce back after a disastrous performance against the Texans at home. I think the Jags fans hope that they would be better than 2-2 two and two at this point in time, but the AFC South is wide open. Uh, everybody is 2-2, two and two, uh, and the Jags, I think, should be considered the favorite because although C.J. Stroud is playing really well, and I'll get to him in a moment, uh, I think Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in the AFC South. Bills, Dolphins, by the way, he had a good gambling week. Um, and I'll have gambling picks for you every single week. Also, we're going to have a new OutKick-specific gambling show uh, with me and an as-yet-to-be-named co-host that I think many of you are going to enjoy. Uh, my favorite game in terms of looking at the action, getting ready, I told you that I thought the Bills were going to beat the uh, the Dolphins. Both teams were 3 or uh, The Dolphins were 3-0, and coming off 70 points over uh, the Broncos. And the Bills just took it to them. And the Bills are now 3-1. and one. I think that Buffalo is as good, if not the best, team in the entirety of the uh, AFC, not named the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, unfortunately, if you're not a Chiefs fan, I used to be a long time till we sit around and say that the Chiefs aren't the best team in the AFC. Uh, but I love what I'm starting to see from Josh Allen. He's played phenomenally well the last three weeks. Absolutely obliterated Tua and the Dolphins. We also shared, I did, uh, from my Twitter account, Tua talking about his faith after the game. I'm not somebody who tells you what you should or should not believe on any issue, right? I'll tell you exactly what I believe. I've said before, uh, I was raised in the uh, Southern Baptist Church. I do find it incredibly interesting. The sports media in general, 
wants athletes to speak out about things that have nothing to do with football all the time. And when they do so, if they ever say anything left-wing, they make it go viral, they turn it into a big story. If they say anything right-wing, they try to shut them down, they try to humiliate them, they try to embarrass them, they try to make there be consequences for saying those opinions. But Tua gave a really strong uh, defense of his religion and explained why that allowed him to play well in his opinion. I shared that video. Nobody's going to touch it. Why do you want athletes to speak out all the time on things relating to nothing having to do with football? But when Tua actually speaks out and uses his platform to talk about how religion is an important part of his life, no one will talk about it, discuss it, or share it. I just want all of you to recognize what's going on there. Uh, but Bills get the big win. Bears fans, I, I, I don't know what to say. We got the cover because I had you guys plus three and a half, but you had a 21-point lead on the Broncos who were also winless, and you allowed them to come back and score the final 24 points of this game. I feel like the Bears are going to clean house. And the only positive I can say about things in Chicago is you may be able to get Caleb Williams. You may be able to get Drake May. Um, it feels like the Justin Fields era is over. I'm not sure whether Justin Fields might have success somewhere else, but allowing him to continue to be, to play for the Bears feels like uh, malpractice at this point. Bears have not won a game since October of last year. They've lost 14 in a row. I don't know what the record is for consecutive losses in the NFL. I can't remember. But it should be impossible for a team to lose 14 in a row. Uh, the Bears have managed to somehow do it. Congratulations to the Broncos getting the dub there. Ravens dominated the Browns. Biggest story that I've seen uh, is that Deshaun Watson was cleared to play, didn't feel like he was able to physically go. And as a result, the Ravens just obliterated the Browns in a major division loss for the Browns uh, as the star-crossed tenure of Deshaun Watson continues to look like a disastrous contract right now. Texans, best story, clear rookie of the year so far. C.J. Stroud's been incredible. Uh, C.J. Stroud has performed at a phenomenally high level. Uh, and um, I want to look and make sure that I get his stats right. Uh, not a huge percentage uh, passing number, but a lot of downfield throws. He's seeing the field very well. Uh, over 300 yards passing. I don't think anybody in the Texans organization expected to be 2-2 two and two right now. They blew out the Steelers. Kenny Pickett doesn't look like the answer right now. Steelers are a mess. Mike Tomlin, one of the best coaches in the NFL. I'm not sure even he can save this team. We'll see what happens going forward. But the Texans, one of four different AFC South teams that are all 2-2. Two and two. Vikings finally got a win. Hallelujah, Vikings. I know the Twins are in the playoffs and they've lost whatever it is, 19 straight baseball games, 18, whatever it is. Seems like that should be physically impossible. Uh, the Vikings, I told you that I like Kirk Cousins and company. Go on the road, get the win against the Panthers. They did it. We got to cover there. Uh, Vikings, maybe, maybe, maybe can still feel like they're in the mix a little bit in the NFC North. If you're not sold on the Lions as a legit threat at three and one, certainly the Bears are awful and the Packers don't look very good. Uh, we'll see how things look as we come down the remaining 75% of the season in the NFC North. Rams get the overtime win. I think they were up 23-0 on the Colts, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the Colts come back, tie the game, then the Rams come back and score and win in overtime. This felt a little bit like the performance, if you remember it, the year that the Rams won the Super Bowl when they went on the road in Tampa Bay, got up big, 
allowed basically a tie to happen, if I'm not mistaken, then a really big play down the field passing between Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford put the Rams back uh, in the winner's circle there um, in their uh, road playoff game against the Bucs back in the Super Bowl year uh, for the Rams. Uh, speaking of the Bucs, Baker Mayfield's playing really well. Let's be honest. Uh, Baker Mayfield, I saw the data, actually playing better than Tom Brady did last year in his final year with the Bucs in terms of getting rid of the ball, pushing the ball down the field. Uh, Bucks blow out the Saints. Uh, you had, uh, what, Jameis Winston back on the field, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Baker Mayfield uh, goes for three touchdowns. Really impressive passer rating. Sorry, uh, Derek Carr came back, was not 100%, couldn't get the ball down the field. Uh, and so the Bucs get the win uh, over the Saints. Eagles. I don't know why the Commanders didn't go for two. You score basically, I think it was on the final play of the game in the fourth quarter. Remember, I was at the uh, the Titans-Bengals game, which I'll get to in a moment, watched it in person, so I didn't get to watch all these games uh, on red zone like I ordinarily would if I were not uh, in, sitting in a stand. Uh, the uh, Eagles get the overtime win. Commanders score final play of the game. I don't know why they don't go for two. Uh, yes, you might have a 45% chance of uh, connecting on that two-point conversion play, but you're on the road. You're playing a superior team. Uh, I don't know why you would go to overtime there. I think that the commander should have gone for the win. I think Ron Rivera made the wrong choice. Stunned by what I saw in the Bengals-Titans game. I expected uh, that the Bengals would come out and wreck the Titans like they have in the three prior Joe Burrow versus the Tennessee Titans matchups. I don't know that I'm ever going to get over the uh, the loss on the final play of the game for the Bengals' 50-plus yard field goal in the divisional round playoffs. Yes, I'm still bitter. Yes, I'm still angry. Yes, I'm still unhappy about that game. But something's rotten with the Bengals right now. I don't know what it is, but I watched this game in person. The body language of the Bengals, not good. Joe Burrow didn't seem that bothered by his team getting absolutely wrecked. I understand he's had a calf muscle that's got an issue, that he's not 100%, but other than that opening drive, Bengals went right down the field. I thought, uh-oh, this is going to be a long day. Titans bowed up close, made them for forced them to kick a field goal. Then the Titans scored the next 27 points, and the Bengals never really got close to scoring again. I don't understand what happened. Credit to the Titans, Mike Vrabel, Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, everybody played well. I'll give you one play in particular that stood out to me. The Titans had a, uh, I think it was a third and goal. Uh, I think it was a third and goal, but they had no timeouts left, so they couldn't run the ball. And coming out of a timeout, they lined up with Derrick Henry and the Wildcat. Bengals justifiably, I think there was like 10 or 12 seconds left in the game. Bengals, uh, Zach uh, uh, Taylor comes running down the sideline, calls timeout. Right decision, okay, let's get everything in working order. And then they still left the tight end wide open on the Derrick Henry jump pass. Now, Derrick Henry, I believe, has thrown three touchdown passes in three consecutive years now. So this is not a hugely unique play that the Titans have run uh, with Derrick Henry and the Wildcat basically doing the Tebow jump pass. How do you not get set defensively to cover the tight end on that play? He was wide open. You and me and everybody out there watching this show right now could have also made that pass. Again, something's not adding up about the Bengals and the way they're playing. They took this beating and they looked like they were fine with it. Something is rotten in Cincinnati. I'm not sure exactly what it is. A lot of people are pointing to Joe Burrow's contract and they're saying, well, Joe Burrow got paid 
And now in his contract, uh, now that he's got the $250 million contract or whatever the heck it is, he's not playing with the same energy and intensity. I just don't buy that. Um, I, I don't think that you play a sport as physically punishing as football solely for the financial rewards. They're nice, but I don't think I work any less hard now that I'm rich than I did when I was poor. I think if you are driven... Uh, to perform at a high level, the money is nice, but it's not the primary motivation under which you work, if that makes sense. And so I can't figure out what's going on. I don't buy the contract aspect. I know he hasn't been healthy, but it was just a very disinterested team. And when they got beaten, it didn't feel like they had any fight left. Again, I watched this game in person. That was my read. Chargers uh, get a second straight win. They start off 0-2. Staley Looked like he was on the ropes. They get the interception in the end zone against the Minnesota Vikings. Then they take control of this game uh, against uh, the the uh, against the Raiders uh, in a division rivalry game. Chargers get the win, get back to two and two. Uh, I think it's going to be hard to catch certainly the uh, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs any year, but I do think the Chargers can feel a little bit comfortable given how bad the Broncos are and the fact that the Raiders they just got that divisional. Win. The divisional win. This is a big takeaway. Cowboys, as I thought they would, obliterated the Patriots. Bill Belichick has, I think, killed any argument that he's the greatest coach in the history of the NFL. I think when he had Tom Brady, Bill Belichick was an incredible coach. But do you remember we we had this argument for like a decade? And we would sit around and we'd be like, okay, who's more responsible for the Patriot dynasty, Belichick or Brady? I did sports talk radio for like a decade in a row. You could open up the phone lines and say, hey, react. Who's more popular and responsible for the success? Is it Belichick? Is it Brady? Phone lines would be lit. Half the people basically say in Brady, half the people say in Belichick. Brady leaves and Bill Belichick becomes an average NFL head coach. He wins about 50% of his games. And that comports with what Bill Belichick was before he had Tom Brady. I don't believe there's anybody who would argue anything other than Brady made the Patriots dynasty, not Belichick. And I wonder on some level if Bill Belichick wishes that he had ridden off into a sunset when Brady decided to leave the Patriots. I think Belichick thought, I am such a good coach and I have built such a culture of excellence that even without Brady, we are going to be able to continue to roll in New England. I think Robert Kraft bought into that. It's clearly not true. Mac Jones is not the answer at quarterback. And without an elite quarterback, Bill Belichick is what he has been without Brady throughout his entire coaching career, just an average NFL coach. That argument officially done. Brady was the engine of the Patriot dynasty. We'll be right back. Got to take a little break here. We are rolling without kicking. You don't want to miss a moment. Stay tuned. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience 
and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Uh, 49ers beat the Cardinals. My guy, Josh Dobbs, uh, I felt good about potentially a cover here. I ended up a few points off. 49ers are the best team in the NFL, and we're going to be talking a lot about that 49ers game against the Cowboys that is coming up that will be a crescendo-like battle, a climactic battle for early October supremacy in the NFC. It'll be interesting to see how the measuring stick goes for the Cowboys uh, as they just played the Cardinals in back-to-back weeks. 49ers, in my opinion, best team in the NFC, uh, and I would continue to say the Chiefs are the best team uh, in the AFC. Chiefs get past the Jets. Patrick Mahomes makes the decision not to score would have covered if he had scored on that play. We also didn't cover when the uh, Notre Dame decided to score on the touchdown and then hit the two-point conversion. I don't know how many of you joined me in both having Duke plus five and a half and the uh, Chiefs minus nine and a half. Uh, We lost both, one because the guy chose not to score and the other because the guy chose to score the wrong side of two different sides of that equation. If you won on the Notre Dame and if you won on the Jets, I hate you uh, because you're the exact opposite of me. Finally, last night, Seahawks dominated. Pete Carroll, think about it. Is Pete Carroll the most underrated head coach in the modern NFL era? I think the answer is probably yes. Because unlike Belichick, Pete Carroll lost his stud quarterback Uh, in Russell Wilson and brought in Geno Smith and has continued to win at a high level. Seahawks vastly outperformed expectations last year. They continue to perform at a high level this year. Remember, they're the only team that has beaten the Lions so far. Uh, So, Pete Carroll, I think, maybe the most underrated coach of his era. Debate, discuss, think about it. All right, Uh, that is all NFL Week 4. Tomorrow, all the college football gambling picks are up. I gave you 16 picks. I am headed on the road this weekend. I'm headed down to Aggieland. Uh, Cannot wait. Gig'em. I'm going to be in the stadium for Alabama against Texas A&M. I'm going to have my family down there. I'm excited for that trip. It should be a big game. I'll break down all the college football for you, give you my gambling picks tomorrow. Uh, And then, like I said, we've got a special OutKick gambling show that is going to debut on Thursday uh, that I think you guys are really going to enjoy. We'll be breaking down everything having to do with both college football and the NFL. But I want to talk now about Trevor Bauer. And if you haven't yet watched the Trevor Bauer video, I would encourage all of you, as soon as I am finished talking today, to go watch the Trevor Bauer video. 
because based on the text messages and the video that he shared inside of that video, I don't think there's any doubt that Trevor Bauer was 100% wronged by sports media, by Major League Baseball, uh, and by media outlets in general that ran with the allegation that he had beaten and raped and physically assaulted a woman that he slept with, that he choked her, that he fractured her skull, that he beat her up. Uh, All of those things appear, based on the evidence now, to be untrue. And I am someone who has always been skeptical. You go back and look at my entire history of anybody who has alleged a Me Too violation. One person. Anytime these allegations come out, I say, okay, let's pause. Let's analyze them. You just heard me talking about it with Mel Tucker. Uh, You've heard me talk about it uh, with Trevor Bauer before this situation, when I've said Major League Baseball suspension of him based on the evidence completely unjustifiable. You've heard me say, pause, look at the facts, assess, and analyze them. And take away this idea of hashtag believe all women and take away this idea that we are going to, you heard me say it about Johnny Depp too, that we are going to immediately believe that a woman is telling the truth because she's a woman. This all got started for me when the ridiculous Brett Kavanaugh arguments were made that he couldn't get on the Supreme Court because in my opinion, a woman made up allegations against him and then other women made it even less reliable allegations against him. And I said, just look at the accusation, analyze it all, and be skeptical. You heard me earlier this week say, and last week, as we talked about the Mel Tucker case, I said, men lie, women lie, white people lie, Hispanic people lie, black people lie, Asian people lie, gay people lie, straight people lie, trans people lie. Every single identity group has both truth tellers and liars in it. The idea that you should ever believe a woman because of her sex is just as ridiculous as believing a man because of his sex. Identity politics has no business in the criminal court system or the civil court system, justice system in general. Lady Justice is blind for a reason. There should be significant consequences when a woman lies about an allegation of sexual assault, when she falsely accuses someone of raping her, she should face all of the punishment that the man she accused would have faced. I would support in every state in America a law being introduced that says if you are proven to have falsely accused a man of rape, then you should be punished to the full extent of the law with everything that he would have faced. Because if you lie about a rape, you are trying to put a man, potentially, in prison for the rest of his life based on a lie. Why should you not face the same consequence? I'll also build on this even further. If we're going to have rape shield laws, Why do we publish the name of the man who is accused of rape 
when we don't punish the name of the woman who is accusing him of rape. That creates an imbalance from the start. The man is immediately tarred and feathered by the accusation itself. The woman never even has to have her name publicly shared. How does that not create an incentive structure to encourage falsehood when the man is immediately, immediately accused and tarred and feathered in the media, in the court of public opinion, you can never take back an accusation of rape. Even if Trevor Bauer now is 100% innocent, which it appears he is based on the evidence that he shared in his video, which I would encourage all of you to go watch, the fact that he's 100% innocent gets a pinprick of the attention of the immediate accusation. And he can never get back the 100-plus games or whatever it was of Major League Baseball suspension that he received. He's having to play baseball in Japan. He can never be returned to this condition that he was in before that false accusation was made. So why should this woman not face criminal charges for the lies that she told about him? My first question. I would support in every state in America, a new law being introduced in cases of rape allegations, which say if they're proven to be false, the woman has to be prosecuted and faces the exact same punishment that the man would have faced if he were convicted. I, I would support that. I would also support, why do we name the men? Why do we protect women accusers and immediately allow the man who is being accused to be named. I think that deserves serious debate in this country. Now, I don't believe all men. I don't believe all women. I believe the facts matter in every single case. Women should be particularly upset anytime a woman falsely makes a rape claim. Because every woman who falsely makes a rape claim makes it harder for women who are legitimately raped to be believed because many people say, especially when there are famous people involved, oh, this is about going after his money, which is exactly what the uh, woman in the Trevor Bauer case appears to have done. Now, credit to the criminal justice system, which never brought any charges, but Major League Baseball got this wrong. It appears that Trevor Bauer may well have been a single individual that is in a similar position to uh, the Duke Lacrosse case. All of the defendants in Duke Lacrosse were 100% innocent. And they were completely maligned. They were uh, ridiculed, called rapists. How did it happen again? This should be a moment for everyone who works in sports media to sit back and say, how did this happen? I think it just happened with Mel Tucker. I think he's getting fired for BS, and I think I was one of the only people who ever spoke out. It's because there's a lot of cowardice. Because so many people who work in sports media are afraid of being targeted if they question any aspect of a woman's allegation, because there are a lot of men there, and also a lot of women, there are a lot of cowards 
who accept allegations as truth because they want them to be true. This is important. Why did Duke lacrosse take root? Because they wanted it to be true. Left-wing sports media wanted the white guys to be the bad guys. The privileged Duke lacrosse guys, they wanted them because it comports with their worldview to be rapists. They wanted them to be raping black women. This is the sordid truth. This is what identity politics creates. People don't look at facts anymore. They say, white guy, guilty. Black woman, victim. Because it's how they view the world. That's why justice is blind. The sports media isn't. Trevor Bauer. Oh, rich, white pitcher. He's a rapist. That woman is telling the truth. Matt Areza. Punter. Oh, he's a gang rapist. That woman is telling the truth. You can't even work there. Deshaun Watson. 20-some-odd women accuse him of sexual assault. Oh, I don't know that we can believe them. He's a black guy. Even though the black women were mostly alleging a crime against him, right? Identity politics governs how people respond to these cases. Now, your boy's unique. I've been arguing now for 15 plus years. As long as the NFL personal conduct policy has existed. I've been saying this is crazy. Why in the world are pro sports leagues in the business of investigating alleged criminal behavior and levying punishments for it? You go back and listen. Back in the day of Pac-Man Jones... Back in the day of Tank Johnson, Chris Henry, remember those guys? They were the malcontents. They were the alleged criminal behavior uh, guys who led to the NFL personal conduct penalty uh, process. I said this is going to end in a disaster. I said my position's pretty straightforward. If you're not in prison, you should be eligible to play for an NFL team or a Major League Baseball team or an NBA team. Now, you may not want those guys on your team, but individual teams should be able to make decisions about whether or not they hire anybody who's not serving time in prison. And I've made that argument for my entire professional career. That's an even-handed policy that applies to anybody no matter what their background is. But I've also pointed out that the sports media hasn't subscribed to that uh, position, and all you have to do to, to, to totally change the way sports media ch- covers a story is just change the race. Like, time to kill style, right? And you're like, okay, what do you mean by that, Clay? Everything that has been alleged against Deshaun Watson is instead alleged against Josh Allen. What happens? An 11-game suspension? The biggest contract in the history of the NFL? the usual suspects doing identity politics would have lost their minds. They are allowing identity politics to dictate 100% how they respond to a story. My general position is one person or two per people allege something, I'm skeptical. 20 some odd people, 30 people allege something, I tend to think it's more likely to have occurred. Tend to. Bill Cosby, 
uh, the uh, uh, the situation with Deshaun Watson. Now there's a lot of people alleging things against Russell Brand. The more accusers there are, in general, the more likely I am to believe in the truth of those allegations. But they're still just allegations. And until somebody is convicted of a crime, I think everybody should be able eligible to play. Because if you're wrong, and it seems quite clear that Everybody got it wrong on Trevor Bauer in the sports media that was demanding he be suspended. Guess who wasn't making that argument? Your boy. You can never unring that bell. You can never take back that allegation. You can never return the seasons that Trevor Bauer was not able to play in the uh, Major League Baseball back to him. Now, this should be a time when there should be consequences. The sports media out there that led the charge to believe all women and demanded that Trevor Bauer be suspended should be held accountable for that. The organizations that wrote articles demanding that Trevor Bauer be suspended based on these allegations should have to publish articles saying, yeah, it appears we got it wrong. There should be consequences for the reporters and the members of sports media who got this wrong. Even if those consequences just are, hey, I'm talking to you guys, it appears that I got those wrong. That's a minimum. Everything that I get wrong factually, I come to you and I say, yeah, I got that story wrong. Or I got that fact wrong. That pains me because whether you agree or disagree with my opinions, they're only as good as the facts upon which they are based. And so, just pay attention. ESPN, going to apologize for all of their articles about Trevor Bauer that called him a rapist. The Athletic, which led the charge, going to apologize for all their articles that now are clearly false. Probably not. They're just going to pretend this never happened. You as a consumer of media, should always remember it happens. Last night, OutKick, I'm out to dinner. I do Jesse Waters' show. I see that OutKick has what I think is a poor headline about the Trevor Bauer video. I'm literally out to dinner, and I text and say, hey, we need to fix this. I work all the time. I'm not claiming that I'm perfect, far from it. Not claiming that OutKick's going to be perfect. But when we get something, in my opinion, that's wrong, we should fix it. That's what honest people do. That's how I think an honest media should work. I'm accountable every single day for every opinion I share. And I would ask all of you to hold me accountable, but also to hold all the other media accountable. And over time, weigh who is being the most honest with you. Who do you trust? Whether I'm not talking about whether you agree or disagree with my opinions. Like I got 16 opinions on what's going to happen in college football this upcoming weekend. I'd love to go 16 and 0. The odds of that happening are low. Doesn't mean I'm not shooting for it. My opinions are often going to be wrong in the world of sports and politics and beyond. But are my facts wrong? Never. And if I do happen to get something wrong. Do I come to you and say, hey, we could have done better on this? Hey, I screwed this up. Hey, I screwed up this fact. 
Yes, I do. I would just ask you how many people also do that. And what should the lesson be from this Trevor Bauer story? To me, if we lived in an honest American society, it would be pro sports leagues don't suspend based on allegations. If you want to suspend somebody, wait until there's a criminal conviction and then decide what the appropriate suspension should be. Pro sports leagues and colleges shouldn't be in the business of investigating criminal uh, charges. That's common sense. It's actually a failure of process to allow it to occur. All of those things, I think, should be a lesson that comes out of Trevor Bauer. But guess what? We already have learned that lesson from Duke lacrosse. The difference is in the wake of Duke lacrosse, instead of Duke lacrosse being a clarifying moment where we all had to acknowledge that identity politics is the wrong prism upon which to view any criminal charge, identity politics has actually become more firmly embedded in the overall process of American life, both sports and otherwise. And when you are using identity politics as a prism to determine truth, guilt, justice, innocence, you're often going to get it wrong because lady justice is blind for a reason. All that matters is the facts. All right. I love all of you. I'll be back tomorrow. DBAP unless you need to SBAP. This has been OutKick, the show.